bad boy up right here. What? Is everybody ready? I don't know if they are. I don't know why I have Jim Morrison on my mind. Uh, you know, Bride the Snake. Is everybody is ready. ready? Hey, weird, uh, weird side note. Bo- yeah. Booked a trip to France. I know. Aspen, much bigger Jim Morrison fan than I am. We are going to go. You're going to go? Well, of course. <laughs> yes. Of course you're going to go because that's. She was like, Oscar Wilde's buried there too. I was like, pilgrimage. all right. All right. <laughs> no, you got to go see Jim Morrison's grave. Okay. Yeah. This is for Cindy. Ah. Oh. Yeah. You, hello, everybody. Hello. You gave me a Mexican coat. I did. So I gave you a Mexican coat. It's already open. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And we're Terror and Tacos. And we're back. We're back again. You you opened a show, not just any oh, show. Oh, God. Oh, God. I thought that I would open this show and that my life would get easier or that, that I would have time to rest. That didn't happen? No, it didn't happen. Like, I was out running a personal errand yesterday uh, during the day, uh, and I got a frantic text from my day job. Where are you? Oh. I was like, um, I am on my way back to the theater. <laughs> am I missing something? And I forgot that we had staff meeting because uh, I'm so exhausted. Yeah. I'm so tired. And I was like, excuse me for taking time to do something in my personal life and not only think about theater. Right. So. But Hamlet is open. Hamlet's open. I think it's a great show. All those ladies are. Yeah, I'm just going next week. Fucking crushing it. Oh, I'm so. I'm glad. gonna bring one Gregory Lush. Mm. Uh, well, he's gonna hate it. He's played the role, Christy. Yeah, he hates everything. <laughs> Greg Lush hates everything, and including fun. Yeah, including fun. You could tell him especially fun. Yeah, you could tell him we said that, Mario. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we know when Greg's in the audience, there's gonna be hate. There's gonna be hate. Just kidding, um, buddy, Greg Lush. All right. So today, we we despite you being incredibly busy, I wish I could say I was busy. I'm really not. Although I did have more work this week than I have in a while, and I was like, "Ah, oh, work, work this sucks." Uh. But we managed to the day after your show opened. Uh-huh. Um, you all came over. You and John came over to Aspen in my house. Aspen and I were recovering from <laughs> from your boosters <laughs> from our COVID boosters. Uh-huh. So it felt a little weird. But we were able to to actually watch a horror movie together and eat tacos. Yes, we ate tacos from Taco Joint. From Taco Joint. And listen, I'm going to be real honest. I've had Taco Joint once before this time, and I was not impressed that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we were like, let's get Taco Joint, I was like, all right. Um, I ordered a chalupa. Yeah. With fajitas on it, and it was so good. Yeah, they... I, I don't know if it's location. I honestly don't know if mm-hmm. it depends on location. The location. The one that delivers to us has been pretty legit lately. Yeah. So maybe sh- that's it. Yeah. So uh, check out if you're in East Dallas. Maybe mm-hmm. get it was it was on time. It was on time. The it fried was really chicken good. taco is delicious. You had the fried chicken taco. Yeah, so, so did, did John. My husband. My husband was losing his mind because he ordered the fried chicken tacos on whole wheat tortillas. Uh huh. And your wife ordered the veggie burrito on a whole wheat tortilla or yes, something something and at one point she said oh they gave me a corn to- or a whole yeah. wheat tortilla and john with his mouth full of ch- <laughs> chicken taco was like that's mine and i was like no no you have yours that's a veggie burrito that's a veggie burrito you have your fried chicken taco in your mouth you don't have to finish the cheese john um i kept telling him well the queso is good 
Yeah, the it was, I had to give it to him. It was really good. Chips are great. Uh, the fried chicken taco is good. I had a, and then I just had a fajita. That was great. So I have to say, taco I mean, joint. the the chalupa was so good, and I'll tell you why. Because you know, you know how when you do a play, Michael. Yeah, uh, I, I I remember. And vaguely. you hear that phrase: "If it's not on the page, it's not on the stage." Uh-huh, Can you uh-huh. explain to us what that means? Basically, if. Uh, the playwright has written something shitty or hasn't mm-hmm. given you anything to work with. There's nothing you can do to There's fix it. There's nothing you can do to fix it. It's the same goes with chalupas if you don't have the right tortilla. Ah, okay. And so the tortilla was fried just perfectly. Nice. And there were even spots that were just a little burnt, which is like my favorite way. I mean, that's how you can tell it's homemade. Like someone back there knows how to do it. Cool. And the fajitas tasted like actual fajitas. So. All right. So taco joint, man. Get a nice review. Not sure the movie's going to get as nice a review. I don't know. It's going to be mixed. If it's Uh, not on the page. It's it's not on the stage. Man. Uh, Man. So we watched a a film that we were excited about uh, called She Will. You know, it took me a while to figure out what She Will meant. And I'm embarrassed that it took me as long as it did. But then I went, ah. Ah. And then I went, nah. Nah. (laughs) So She Will, which is directed by Charlotte Colbert or Colbert, Colbert. I don't really, I don't, I don't know. really know. Um, presented by Dario Argento. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know either. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, I feel like he just is like, y- you can use my name you for certain things. You can use my things. name. Is there a red light in the film? Yes. You can use yeah. my is name. Is there like a parquet floor? Okay. Because I yeah. don't feel like he was involved. Yeah. Though I we will get to it. Mm-hmm. Clearly this Charlotte Colbert or Colbert, uh, it's probably is Colbert. a fan. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and does some, some things really well. Oh, yeah. in, I mean, in it's, line the, with, it's with, um, visually stunning, stunning. Yeah. Like one of the most aesthetically sort of mm-hmm. pleasing films I've seen in a long time and, and stuff she does with music and sound. Right. So I was like, it makes sense that Argento's name is on it. Right. I don't know that he really had anything to do do with it no i mean it showed promise because of the visuals yes um and it has alice cridge in it who's one of our favorites yeah and we'll get to the plot in a second my my sort of over i was like trying to think about how you know how sometimes you you know you know the like oh the the sum is better than its parts Uh this is like the sum is worse than its yeah the parts are Better than yeah, the sum. Yeah, like it looked awesome. It sounded awesome. Mm-hmm. She's a fantastic actor. There are other good actors Yeah, in Malcolm it. McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, Rupert Everett, yeah. who is tragically underused. Underused. So you're like, all of these things should come together and make a kick-ass movie, and it it It, it, it just doesn't. I, I, You know, on the way home, I was thinking, I was talking to John about the dialogue. And just like in, like, in costume design, right? If 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 your actor is only going to wear one costume for the whole show, mm-hmm. um, then it better be the right fucking costume. Yes. You know, it, it yeah. better look good. It better mm. be the thing that uh-huh. they are going to wear. Yeah. Um, you know, iconic Freddy Krueger. Yeah, costume, yeah, totally. Whatever. I feel like she was trying to do, the, the, the screenwriter, mm-hmm. I feel was trying to do a thing with minimal dialogue, uh-huh. right? And- the thing about it is that if it's going to be minimal dialogue, then the dialogue has to be 
exceptionally good. Yeah, it has. You know, it, it has, has to, to be, be the thing. The thing that you are trying to get across in that moment, <clears throat> and I feel like <clears throat> th- the dialogue was just so sometimes off the mark or didn't make sense as and didn't to- tell us give us any information. No. and like we've seen that work in. I mean, in a lot of films, especially, you know, we talk about these a lot, especially the Scandinavian films, or yeah. the Nordic films, if you throw Iceland in there. Oz Perkins does it really yeah, well, Yeah, and too. Oz Perkins does it really well. Mm-hmm. Like, n- there's not a lot of dialogue in Oz Perkins films, but I, it all, it, when there is dialogue, it, it, it hits. Thing. Yeah. And yeah. It, and it does what it needs to do, whether mm-hmm. it's character building or move the plot or kick you in the gut or whatever. Right. And this just left me... It was funny. So we paused at one point, right? Because uh-huh. um, I think Aspen wanted to make a cocktail. Yes. And I and we paused and she was like, can you pause it? And I hit pause and I was like, yeah, but I mean, we only have like 33 minutes left. And you said, really? I'm still waiting for the movie to start. Yeah. And I think that is a, a summation of, yeah. of, of she will. She will. All that said, there are some kick-ass images. Yes. Um... The, I mean the prem. I mean it's and there's that, a cool premise. The premise is really, really, really cool. I and I get it. I get what we're what what the movie is. I I get what the message is. It just was not executed in the best. I think Malcolm McDowell was sorely underused yeah. as well. Like you could tell they had Malcolm McDowell for, for like one day. day or something like that. Um, and um, maybe didn't know who Rupert Everett is. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I know. <laughs> they, there was an inordinate amount of peat. Yeah, peat moss. Okay, so we should. Okay, so we start with Alice Cridge plays uh, an aging actress, an aging actress who had a, a really famous role when she was young. I, and you know, I do have to say, I do love the name of the film that she made. <laughs> what was it? It was like Navajo Rising yes. or Navajo <laughs> something. It was just like a ridiculous. And then they film cut title. to it, and this is all white people. It's all white people. And it's, you know, it, it's supposed to be one of those kind of like 70s films directed by an auteur. Let's yes. just say it. It's supposed to be like a Polanski film. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and she is. She in, was supposedly like 13 at the time. Right. And something. so in my mind, she was like. Like I, a Tatum O'Neill. Like a Tatum O'Neill, right? Mm-hmm. For for like Paper Moon or. Right. Or is that what the. Yeah, Paper Moon or Jodie Foster in, ta- Taxi, in Taxi Driver. Driver. Yeah. yeah. But when we meet her, she's in her, at least her 60s. Oh, I think she's in her 70s. 70s. Yeah. She has... Cancer. Cancer. Well, I think we learned that she has cancer. We know that she's she's convalescing from some operation. Yes. And she's on her way to some convalescent home in the country. In Scotland. Yes. In the Scottish... That's where the peat comes that's in, That's where Christy. the peat comes in. <laughs> that's and all it's that country like, you know, is, All apparently. I needed to know was that it was a castle in Scotland, and I was like, I'm in. And then they ruined it. Yeah. And so and it, it, so it starts... She has, she has a caretaker with uh-huh. her, a young woman whose name I... Don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I don't remember. Rhoda Eberhart, yeah. I believe. And she plays this, so her character is Desi. And she's, you know, looks like she's in her 20s or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and she's a nurse. Yeah. And or so, like a helper or And something. so she's taking care of of Alison Cridge's character, who is called Victoria Ghent. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's under the impression, Victoria is under the impression that this uh, home in Scott, this retreat that it's going to be just her, uh, that it's going to be solitary. 
And so they get to Scotland. They go through, I mean, this is really is a stunning shot when they're yeah. going through the woods to get to this place. And we were like, oh, don't go to this yeah, place. There's this, trolls this, there. There's trolls there, yeah. Um, but when she shows up, she's not by herself. Mm-mm. There's like- a group or like some kind of like, yeah, there's yeah. like a, 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 there's a, some kind of retreat happening. Yeah. And led by Rupert Everett yeah. who plays like a self-help artist. Yeah. Guru, guru crystal, crystal painter, you know, that kind of person. Yeah. And so when she walks in, she's already pissed off. Right. Because also everyone knows her. Also, she's had a mastectomy. Yes. So she's pissed off. She's pissed off. She's in pain. She's in pain. And uh, she thought she was going to be by herself in the mm-hmm. countryside. And then also all of these people know her. She's fucking famous. Right. Um, and in the meantime, they are remaking or making a sequel to... To Navajo Rising? <laughs> Is it Navajo Rising? I can't like that. Navajo Summer or Navajo Rising or whatever. Um, but should we mention that, or were you going to mention it later, that she's she's not only famous for making this movie or for being just a famous actress, right. but there was a... An incident, yes, with the director. with the director that happened when she made the film that is now controversial. Yes, and this director, mm-hmm. in the meantime, has been knighted, mm-hmm. and he is. This is he's played by Malcolm McDowell, right? He's been knighted, and he is he is involved in this sequel, remake or reboot, sequel remake, or whatever. And she clearly the fuck isn't right, like. All you hear about is like they're recasting. There's her. A, yeah, and there's like a line of hundreds of young women, mm-hmm. you know, trying to like get this role, yeah. right? You uh, got, you know what happened? Yes, you uh, the, again. There, I shouldn't say again. We haven't brought it up, but uh, it's not. I don't even think it's trying to hide what happened. No, I mean, no. I mean, she was raped yes, by this man she when was, she was a teenager. She was a child, yeah. and he was a famous director, and he took advantage of his yeah. position, and he raped her. And his excuse is that it's a it was a different time, right? And, and then they had a bond. They had a bond, and so mm-hmm. yeah. And she was what you said thirteen. She's like thirteen. So uh, so obviously like Polanski connection, um, right? But Malcolm McDowell's character has apparently gone on to have a very storied career mm-hmm. and all of that. I mean, I guess like Polanski. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she's here. There's this, she's like, I want to get the fuck out. I was supposed to be by myself. Right. And they're like, they're, the solitary retreat only happens in the spring and summer. The, this mm-hmm. is winter, whatever. Doesn't fucking matter. We learned that fucking witches were burned in the woods. Right. <laughs> like that's that this the- is a town where <laughs> hundreds of witches were, were burned. burned. Yeah. Uh, um, in, in the 1700s. In the 1700s. And so we also learn that there's a lot of peat moss. There's so much peat. There's so much <laughs> peat. There's so much stunning, beautiful, amazing, meaningless photography <laughs> involving peat. Pete Rubin, you Pete know? Pete Rubin. Just There's Pete a Rubin. lot of Pete Rubin. Like, can we get a I shot? I said that at oh, some point, right? Absolutely. You were like, can we just get another shot of someone just rubbing this Pete for no reason. <laughs> so they, so she doesn't want to stay in the castle and there's like a nearby cabin. Yeah. And so she stays in this cabin with her caretaker mm-hmm. and her caretaker, Desi's like, Hey, give it a night. You know, I still think even though these fuckers are here, right. That this, this could be good for you, you know? Oh yeah. And they say be- the, the water also has Pete in it. Oh yes. Yeah. Cause it's all about Pete. It's all about film. Pete. The water has Pete. So it might come out of the faucet. Don't worry about it. Brown or black or whatever. Don't worry about it. It just happens in Scotland, I I guess. guess. Um, 
So don't get your bandages wet. Oh yeah. So like we have that. She takes a bath. She gets her bandages wet. All the, that the stuff. The peat comes out of the water. Gets into her body. Yes. Through her mastectomy scar. Yes. And then what happens, Michael? She turns into a she witch. Turns into a witch. We get also get these flashbacks of these two young witches in the 1700s, yes. like running through the forest. Yes. Escaping being burnt or being yeah and i mean some of this photography is really 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 beautiful like the first time that we see her have the dream right and she walks out into the front yard of the cabin and there's like a, a fire happening it's really lovely yeah i but mean ultimately just goes nowhere yeah i mean again like some of those like reverse shots she does the mirror image shots she oh, like she's, gorgeous it looks awesome mm-hmm. but here okay so, and I was, I was like writing some notes and I was like, okay, I, you and I both are big fans of Argento. Yeah. Argento slapped his name on this bad boy, got right. a check, you know, good for him. Um, he doesn't give a fuck about plot, mm-hmm. right? But this movie to me doesn't lean nearly far enough into sort of the truly like weird aesthetic experience that Argento creates often. I'm specifically thinking of Suspiria. Right, right, right. But he does it in opera and a lot of different things Mm -hmm. where it really is just like sit in your seat and fucking here we go. Right. This is an experience. I don't feel like this movie, this movie needed more plot Mm -hmm. because it's trying to say some shit. It's trying to say something. And I mean, she will, I, I think it's, I don't know, maybe I'm completely wrong, but she is, she is like in, overtaken by the spirits of the women that were burnt in the 1700s. It gets into her body and suddenly she can astrally project. project. So like it, by her own will, yes. she is able to avenge Yeah, herself. right? Because... Yeah. Because once it's like you said, the Pete gets into her, and we've heard from Rupert Everett, Everett who mm-hmm. again woefully underused, yeah, woefully underused. Give him a monologue, man. Um, he's a really good actor. He's very good at acting. Yeah. Uh, he he. We do hear when he's teaching like his painting uh-huh. therapy class or whatever. Everything I hate. Uh, <laughs> he he talks about you know that this land is said to have had healing powers Mm -hmm. because of the human remains. Right. Because of the ash and bone of these burned witches. Uh And so clearly through her, at least through Victoria, she does heal. Mm -hmm. Not only physically does she feel better, but like spiritually, spiritually. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, all of a sudden she's basically a witch and she can astral project and Mm -hmm. she astral projects it while a quote like asleep mm-hmm. to where Malcolm McDowell is being interviewed right. about how awesome he is. Yeah, like on a act like on a chat show somewhere. Yeah. And she starts whispering essentially to the the host, uh-huh. right? What to ask. And he asks questions very pointed questions mm-hmm. about their relationship. Right. Um, and then Malcolm McDowell vomits Pete on the ground. I think it was Pete. I mean, it's all. There's pe- a lot of. Pete. There's a lot of Pete. There's a. You lot can't rub of Pete. Pete if there's not a lot of Pete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're like, okay, like you said. So this is gonna be about vengeance, right? In the meantime, 
Desi goes out to a bar, the the only pub in town. Right. For disco night. For disco night. <laughs> I want to go to that bar. Yeah, actually. man. And she meets this dude who she's briefly met him. He works at the... Yeah, the tr- he's like a handyman yeah. guy, Scottish guy. His name's Owen. Mm-hmm. And like Owen gets her to take... Mushrooms. Mushrooms, right? Yeah, and he says, he says, they're grown in the peat. <laughs> you got to rub it. <laughs> you got to rub it. So he's got these mushrooms that have been grown in this peat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, here, have a mushroom. And it's like, you know, you, you fr- from the moment they meet, which is before disco night at the pub. Right. He kind of likes her and he seems sure. like a nice guy. And she's not there for that. Right. The so reason she, he likes her is because she looks like a model. Yes. Exactly. That's why he likes her. Um, so he gives her these mushrooms. He roofies her, basically. Yes, with peach shrooms. With peach shrooms. And then they go outside and it rains witch feathers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what that was. So but that apparently it's like ashes or Ashes something? from there is a factory mm-hmm. somewhere and it's spewing these things. Peat. Um, Peat. Yeah, ashes. and again, lovely image. I mean, lovely yeah. image. Ultimately goes nowhere. <laughs> it goes nowhere. So, you know, she tries to get away from him. At first, you think he's going to help her. She keeps saying, leave me alone. I got to get back. Right. He continues to uh, follow her, finally assaulting her. In the woods. In the woods where Victoria, Victoria is, is astrally projecting yeah, also. She's sort of lying there in the woods, right? right. And then she pulls him down into, into the, the peat. And so this this scene to me goes to sort of what you were saying about if it's not on the page or if you're going to minimalize dialogue. I, in what should be an interesting turn is mm-hmm. wholly like Owen's not interesting. No, At all. it's no fault of the actor. Um, that relationship with Desi is not interesting. Yeah, there's no moment where you're either rooting for that like it's just it's just meaningless it's like meaningless. you do like they the, the the dialogue between them means nothing like even when they meet it it means nothing and so you don't ever get you don't get the idea or the feeling either way whether he's a good guy or a bad guy right like at all it's just uninteresting he's, it's uninteresting so when he does the thing that he does you're like okay yeah i kind of knew it was gonna go yeah. there and i don't i he's gonna die because she will Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. good, but I don't really care. Right. And so she kills that dude, Owen. And then, you know, she's sort of growing more powerful, it seems, or is able to control her, her newfound Ash- gifts. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, this calm, like we know where this is going. Mm-hmm. She's going to get revenge on Malcolm McDowell. And. She does. She does. She astral projects into his apartment. Apartment? I guess it was his apartment. Or like large. Fancy house yeah. in Paris or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and to me, that was the Dario Argento yes. moment. Oh, I mean, the floor, the lighting, yeah. everything. And she first has it out with him mm-hmm. about their relationship and he, you know, t- tries to defend himself. Yeah. Um, there was like a, there was a, a <clears throat> kind of a cool little The Shining moment, like Jack in the bar. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this dude's a fucking asshole. Like he's a, he deserves he's a he rapist. Yeah. He absolutely deserves what he gets. She's able to kill him with her peat magic. 
right? Is it because it kind guess. of the peat magic like kind of swirls out of nowhere? Yeah, like the peat magic comes out of her mouth yes, or something. That's right. And like swirls, swirls at him. And swirling peat magic. Swirling peat magic. And, and he then tumbles. he falls over the ba- the ba- the banister. And, and it cra- looks like a suicide. Yeah, cracks his head open. Yeah. And yeah. So it looks like a suicide because of what just happened on the chat show. Yeah. Like, because he felt guilty. But it was so powerful. It mm-hmm. took so much out of her mm-hmm. that she dies. Right. Right. I think in the corporeal world. And then at least my understanding, and maybe I was so just like one kind of fucked up on my COVID booster. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Wish I was more fucked up. Yeah, me too. Um, the the sense I got at the end was, well, shit, I don't know. No, no, die? no. She doesn't no, die. Okay, Desi, Desi comes back. Desi. That's right. First, I'm Desi sorry. gets into the Land Rover yeah, and like drives away. And uh-huh. we were like, where are you going? We just kept going like, she's not a good nurse. She's not a good. She wasn't. <laughs> she's not a good she nurse. She wasn't a good nurse at, at all. all. At all. At all. And, uh, oh, but she comes. So she comes back. She comes back. And, and rescues. Rescues her. And then they they leave in the Land Rover and yeah. And you have a moment like she's earlier. Victoria has said she never wanted to have children. She hates children word. Um, (laughs) uh, And Desi lost her mother Mm -hmm. young. And you have a moment where you have a very sort of final image of mother and daughter together. Mm -hmm. Right. This woman who thought she didn't like kids now clearly has this young, I mean, she's already given her her necklace. Right. Um, this woman who lost her mother, this younger woman now has a mother figure. Uh, Is there ever a moment? Because like I, I got the impression I had to make that jump. You know, it's like the thing that I hate that John does where he justifies or rationalizes right, right. things in movies that make no sense. And I'm like, no, don't do that. That's not your job. Uh, you shouldn't have to rationalize anything. But I started thinking, were, are they those two 1700 girls so like did they consume so much peat that they (laughs) turned into those two 1700s witches that don't didn't have anything to do with anything i perhaps that's not stated but there are two of them there was also a lot of skulls bridal imagery yes that didn't go anywhere no it was just like skulls skulls bridal bridal. yeah skulls bridal um i like that word so that's a good yeah i mean and again, it's cool imagery. There's a lot of potential. I mean, that, it, it was... It's, it's like I don't... It's weird that it didn't work out. Right. I mean, it had... Look, I like... The, you know, I'm all for the theme of, like, revenge against... Listen, you've got a Scottish castle. Yeah. Witches. Yeah. Spooky Pete Moss. Right. Rupert Everett. Right. Malcolm McDowell. I, I mean, Alice, Alice Cridge, who played the, the witch. She's the only one who's remotely used well yeah she's just i mean she's just very good yeah and she's in it like the other two it's like you said it looks like they had mcdowell for a day yeah and he was like i shan't leave london and they were like that's fine (laughs) malcolm we'll come to you we'll come to you and then again i i I don't know i don't know man and it looks it there are shots that are incredible again you know it it plays into the sort of most basic folk horror themes of like right restoring power to 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 women women through the earth right through the power of nature but like is that enough no that's not enough um, because and i feel bad for saying it because we don't have enough women directing horror we are getting there right 
And so you haven't seen it. You haven't watched it, but I watched it the other night while I was here alone. And it takes a lot for me to be scared. And there was a moment where I did not want to go to the kitchen. But I watched men. Right. And we're going to do that next week. We're going to do that next week. But I just want to say that I'm not, I mean, it's also stunningly beautiful. I'm not going to review it right now. But it's one of those movies like Mandy where you may you may not entirely know what's happening sure but the director is trying to do something and yeah. i don't even know how to define that like i don't even know how to like taking a risk yeah. the director is doing something so far out of left field that you are just Stunned by it. Yeah, that to me, and again, I haven't seen it and we're going to talk about it yeah. on Monday, but like that, th- this movie doesn't get, doesn't go there. No. Um, and I actually kind of thought it was going to. I did too. Once it was clear, like the, the you know, mechan- the mechanics of plot weren't as important, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't go enough into that. Like I was not, I wasn't stunned by it. Again, the imagery is great. She's clearly, she and her, DP. Yeah, there was nothing about it that was, uh, you know, a good story. The end of a good story is both shocking, shocking and inevitable. And, inevitable. Uh-huh. and this is neither. And this is neither. Um, yeah, and like, look, uh, this is, a, I mean, we've seen, this is a story we've seen a bunch. Better. Better. Um, you know, I would say go go watch Midsommar. Go watch, go watch Midsommar. Go watch The Witch. Yeah. Uh, go watch Hansel and Gretel Hansel, with Alison. Yeah, Gretel. go watch that Gretel and Hansel. Gretel and Hansel, yes. Yeah, uh, the, which is what the, which is what makes me feel bad because the three movies that we just talked about are directed by men, uh-huh. and this movie was directed by a woman, and maybe she's just a young director. I don't know. I don't know what it is, and I feel terrible for saying it, but I, it was just it just missed the mark. Yeah. entirely. Hey, you know, I mean, to me, part of the reason we need to have way more women directing horror is not necessarily because it will always be better, but there are a lot of mediocre, shitty male directors yeah. who get to keep working. Yeah. So I am not of a belief that if a woman gets behind the camera, it means it's automatically going to be good. Right. Yeah, me neither. But she should be able to fail and make another fucking movie. Yeah, like, and because she... she clearly knows how to set up yeah. a shot i mean you said that like the, oh my I mean, god that, that shot where the land rover's <sighs> like going like driving into the forest you were like man she knows how to set up yeah a shot. i mean there's it's beautiful beautiful and so like that to me is like look i i mean an uh, a fucking ari aster like he's a weirdo i don't know man most people can't do what he does in their first two movies. I, I, and right. I say that as someone who didn't like hereditary, no, I agree. Me too. but I'm like, I don't know, man, this is not normal. Yeah. Um, that, that these, this guy came out of the gate with this. Right. But no, I'm like, I'm, we, she needs to be able, she needs, someone needs to give her money to make another one. Right. Because a million dude, not a million, you know, a lot of dudes make a eh, movie, yeah, an okay movie and then someone gives them millions of dollars to go make another to one. Make another one, you know? Uh, so, Again, I yes, it's like I I think she clearly has talent and and I hope she gets to make another one. I would I just I honestly think the problem is in the script. Yeah. Um and there's just not enough There's not there. enough there's not enough there and I felt like their budget, their entire budget 
Because you can do a lot of clever things with photography on not a lot yes, of budget. that's true. Their budget went on Alice Cridge and Malcolm McDowell, and they were like, yeah. we've got all this peat. And I, we should use we all should this. We should rub this peat. We rub the hell rub out of this, this peat. peat. And every transition should be Alice Cridge rubbing peat yeah. between her fingers. And, and I'll, I will be honest, like, Malcolm McDowell's great. He's a great actor, and he's good in this movie. There are a, a thousand British men who could have done this for less if, yeah. if that was what, because I don't think his name, I mean, this is nothing against him. I don't think people are like, gotta go see Malcolm gotta, McDowell. Yeah, man, it's been a fucking clockwork orange was a long a time ago. Yeah. And so I, I, again, I don't know. I'm not saying that would have saved it, but I'm like, maybe, maybe work on this text <laughs> before you go. No, get I agree. I agree that, that to Malcolm. me, that was the thing. I was like, the dialogue just seemed really forced mm-hmm. and, and meaningless. It just did yeah. not give you enough story. No, it didn't. And it didn't go far enough into like, into like what you said, fuck? Mandy world or yeah. whatever, where you're like, I don't fucking know. I don't know what's going on, but um, I'm watching it. Yeah. So that she will, uh, again, she won't, she, yeah, I wouldn't bother. If it's when it becomes free, if you want to get sure. super high, man, and it, just look at yeah. that imagery and like that's beautiful, some weird music and shit. Yeah, yeah, man, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, that's that. So today, real, I mean, while we still have a little bit of time, we're yeah. doing our first mailbag. Yeah, finally, finally, we get to do mailbag. Maybe John can do like a robot mailbag. Yeah. Intro. Yeah. Um, or some kind of, you know, like, I'm your friendly neighborhood mailman. Mailman. Something. Robot. We'll think of something. Uh, and so, yeah, if you have questions, we will, I mean, we'll post asking for them. But if you have them, just put them on the Instagram, yeah. Facebook. Text uh, us. Text us. Yeah. We would love to get more for the mailbag. We're going to start today. Uh, like Cindy put submitted several and Mariam. So we'll do Cindy today and then Mariam sure. next week. Uh, so this is from Cindy Ernst Godinez. Mm-hmm. Question number one, Christy. Uh-oh. What horror movie? <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Cindy. I screwed up. Uh, what horror movie left you the most scarred? Oh, my gosh. I don't. I mean, that's difficult. Uh, do you have one off the top of I have of one head? off the top okay, of my head. Okay, you talk about it first because I have to think about this. Okay. Well, and this is unfair. I've had the question a lot yeah. longer than you. Uh, and I might have brought this up before. Mine is oddly, it's Psycho 2. Uh-huh. And it left me scarred because I saw it way, way, way too young. Mm-hmm. And I think I could say maybe the same for The Omen uh, as far as like thinking I was the Antichrist or whatever when I was growing up. But I saw Psycho 2, I mean, honestly, I think it was like six or seven. Yeah, that's too young. Um. And I had a, rec- there's a babysitter showed it to me. And uh, I mean, I, it, I had a recurring nightmare for years uh, about an old woman being in my room that came from that. Um, crazy. And then I remember uh, like still clearly in my mind. And so, yeah, I know like I love showing horror movies to kids, but like you still have to, be somewhat smart about it. Yeah. Um, and this was not fucking cool, man. No. Like, I'm still a little, I don't know, maybe I owe that babysitter and she sparked my love of horror. <laughs> but like, I still think about it. I'm like, that was fucked up. Yeah, that is kind of fucked up. And she was like 15. Oh, she did that on purpose. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so that would be mine. Psycho too. And again, of course I was a kid. 
I had never seen Psycho. Right. Didn't know anything about who Norman Bates or Alfred Hitchcock were. Right. Uh, not that. So he, like no context for no, anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I'm going to have to go. I have two. Can I have two? Sure. So I, I'm going to have to go with uh, the first horror movie I ever saw, which I guess if you watched it now, you'd consider it tame. But it was Burnt Offerings. Oh, yeah, and dude. I was six years old. <laughs> that's, that's way too young. Yeah. And, I, you know, the, they say, I don't, I don't like to call myself an artist, but I work <laughs> in art, I guess. They, I mean, people say that artists who like are writers or actors or directors or whatever, they spend their entire careers kind of continuing to work out images that made an impression on them when they, when were, they were young children. sure and i feel like the themes of burnt, burnt offerings continuously like come up in my work yeah that's all i mean it's so weird and i, I have to say it was like you know there's one scene where uh where oliver reed goes up to the attic to to find his wife, Karen, played by Karen Black, to only to discover that Karen Black has turned into the the villain. Like yeah. she's turned into the old witch. And the the kid is in the car waiting for the, his dad to come yeah. downstairs. And then suddenly you hear a crash and Oliver Reed lands face first in the windshield of the car. And they show it. Like they yeah. show his eyes and he's bleeding. And the little boy gets crushed by a falling um, chimney and Betty Davis just like in death throes and like it made me scared of funerals for a long time because there's like the one where the chauffeur is bringing the coffin I mean it was just all this imagery that just has scarred me yeah I and it it I terrorizes especially if you're seeing this I saw this when I was kid. much older so it terrorizes children mm -hmm. in a way that at least when we were growing up, movies, American movies, kind of shied away from. Right. Like, you could always be like, the kid will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, even Danny, you know, in the shot, like, the kid will be all right. Burnt Offerings is like, no, nah. He's dying under he's a chimney. Like, they're all, the all going to be dead. I mean, it was, there was a, an unspoken rule there for a while where, the, where a child in a movie, you didn't show a child dying. Yeah. You, didn't, you just didn't do it. And, they did. And uh, Burnt Offerings is the 70s, right? Yeah. Okay. It's like 73 or something okay, like so that. Okay, so early 70s. Um, it was early 70s. And I went to go see it. In, no, it was later than that because- I went to go see it in the theater Oof. and I was six years old. And, uh, so it was like 77, okay. 76, something like that. Uh, 76. Um, and then jaws. Oh, hell yeah. Which is I, 75. Yeah. I also, I should have that, said jaws too, that I should have not seen. I also saw it at the theater. My yeah. sisters took me to That's movies fucking crazy. that, that they wanted to go see. Sure. And my mother was always like, well, if they're taking Chris, then it's it should be fine. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Um, and uh, <laughs> fucking older siblings. Man. I know. And I remember being so terrified. I didn't want to take a shower. Yeah, Michael. I, yeah. like I didn't want to take a shower right. because there might be, be a Jaws. Yeah, and I think I this is like in a, the shower. In the shower, I was like, I should have said Jaws as well. I think our entire generation. I, I mean, how many of us were like shower pool? 
Right. Places where even you know, obviously, rationally, you know. <laughs> there, can, there can't be a Jaws there in the shower. There can't be a Jaws in the shower. And it's it's terrifying. And I think I had heard that Psycho, speaking of showers, uh-huh. did that to, to the generation, generation before, before us. us. Well, and Jaws was the first blockbuster. Yes. So it was everywhere. Yeah. And we uh, were surrounded by it. That was uh, 75. So, I mean, I saw it on video because I was, that's mm-hmm. came out a little before I was born. And then, but I mean, you know me, dude, I still fucking you still hate don't the ocean. love the ocean. And I'm sure that's because of Jaws. Yeah, like, I will not. I like to go to the beach sure. and I will wade in up to my knees, but we don't I belong do, there. We do not belong in the ocean. Jaws does. I Jaws belongs <laughs> in the ocean. And I don't even like when people say like, yeah, we'll learn how to snorkel. And I'm like, no, I won't. Fuck you. No way. <laughs> no fucking way I'm going to learn how to snorkel. Put this dumb thing in your mouth and fake breathe. No. no. Uh-uh. No. So yeah, burnt offerings and Jaws. That's great. Will I watch them again? Sure. I mean, Fuck you watch yeah. Jaws every July. 4th, I watch right? Jaws every July fourth, yeah. and I I own burnt offerings. It's yeah. one of my favorite movies, but it is one of those things where I'm like, I find themes in burnt offerings constantly coming, coming up, up in my work, especially especially the theme of like the evil matriarch. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's well, I would say, I mean, I assume most people have seen Jaws. I, I assume a lot of people have not seen Burn Offerings. So if you haven't, people should go see, go that see, movie. go see, burn, Don't go see Burn Offerings. People, run to your theater. Run to your theater and watch. No, I mean, it's on Prime and it's got Karen Black and Oliver Reed and Betty Davis and uh, Eileen Heckart and Burgess Meredith. Um, and it's, you know, it's just one of those great yeah. little sleeper haunted house in the. Yeah, before before every horror movie had to feature teenagers. Right. Uh, okay, so second question from Cindy. Um, this is a really good one as well. Mm-hmm. What are your top go-to movies uh, that all horror fans should experience at least once? Well, I mean, the first one that pops into my head is The Shining. Right. I mean, that's, to me, along with The Omen, uh-huh. I guess, The Omen... The Shining, The Exorcist, The Exorcist, Halloween. Yeah, those to me are like those group of seventies, uh, and like I guess The Shining is technically nineteen eighty. That are just like you got to, you those have are, to see. I'm like those. those are the granddaddies, right? Yeah, I mean, and I'm think- Psycho is in there too. Yes. I guess Scream. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it's for me like The Shining and The Exorcist, and like, look, you know, Halloween is one of my favorite movies ever made. But to me, The Shining and The Exorcist are just fucking brilliant movies. Films. Like yeah. The Exorcist, this is weird. I actually thought about this because I obviously wrote those two down. The Exorcist over the last few years for me has slowly taken over uh-huh. from The Shining. Really? Me. And I love The Shining. I'm going to have to watch it again. I, I just, I don't know, man. The writing in The Exorcist... What Ellen Burstyn is doing, what Jason Patrick's dad, whose the name cinematography, I yeah, which I, is old school cinematography. Yeah, it's just the t- the time they take in The Exorcist to set these people up so that you really give a shit about them mm-hmm. long before anything happens. I, I I don't know. I just think yeah, it's like, so well written. There and there are little moments of of transition in, in the film that, that don't last that long, but are so 
beautiful and telling. I'm sorry about my dog, y'all. No, that's fine. Um, the people like, love the dogs. Yeah, like there's that moment. The, I think the only moment in the movie where we hear tubular bells. Yeah. Where she's walking home. Uh-huh. And it's Halloween. It's like on the eve of Halloween. Yeah. And she's like coming home from set or whatever. She's coming home from set. She just finished shooting for the day and she's walking through Georgetown. Right. And all of these images of like fall and and there's tubular bells and the two nuns dressed in white. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And like, look, I'm not, look, The Shining is incredible. It's still one of my favorite movies. I just, the last few times I've watched The Exorcist, I'm like, this is so, it's so well written. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like thematically what, uh, what Father Damien is going through personally mm-hmm. and his, his like crisis of faith. Uh, Ellen Burstyn's so good. Um, so is, is, uh, Linda Blair. Linda Blair. Do you think it's because we're older? Maybe, maybe that is, maybe that's I mean, we, it. We've both always liked seventies horror movies. Yeah. And maybe that is it. And like, I can connect more now with like main characters who are, I mean, I'll look, I mean, the shining also has middle-aged people, but whatever. I still like follow, you follow Here, Danny. But like, here's, I mean, you do follow Danny through the whole thing. And there, I mean, I'm not saying people can believe what they want to believe, but maybe it's because the exorcist is not so much about super. Nat- I mean, I guess it is about supernatural things, but that comes so late. It comes so late. And it's, it's, it's about, Oh, I don't know. It's about losing faith. It's about getting older. Yeah. It's about, the, the things that you grow up believing that you end up rejecting. Yeah. And, and, and it's and, also like what you failed at. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think one reason I love Damien so much is because he's failed. Yeah. And it's, he can say he made a choice. He followed God or whatever, but he also gave up. Like he, I, I, just, yeah, I don't know. And he can't like the whole thing is that, you know, his uncle tells him, he's like, you could have done this and taken care of, we wouldn't have yeah. to worry about you your mother. You failed to take care of your mother. Like the one thing. Yeah. Especially in like a Greek in a, family. In a Greek family. Um, I want to throw one more out there. I know you have seen this relatively recently. I was going to throw one more too. Go cool. ahead. I feel like this is a movie that not enough people have seen. It's disturbing. It's not like a fun watch, but I think this movie is responsible for a lot of shit that other movies get credit for that came much later. And that is Peeping Tom from 1962. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. I love that movie yeah. so much. It's And like it does things like the POV of the killer. And I know Hitchcock played with that and other people, but it really does that. It does stuff like capturing things on film that will be used in found footage movies. Right. 30, 40 years later. Yeah. Um, it sets up a lot of things that happen in slasher movies later. Uh, it sets up a lot of like the psychological thriller. Yeah. Uh, it serial does, killer and type it, thing. It got fucking hand yeah and it came out and then years and years later a bunch of film critics like revisited it mm-hmm. and they were like uh y'all this fucked up this movie this is, is real good brilliant like it ruined for a long time ruined the director's career man um and you go back and you're like what yeah <laughs> so uh i know again it is not a fun watch um it is also if if you ever like people some people will blame it for the idea of the male gaze or whatever but fucking 1960s. I don't think so. I, I mean, it's like movies have been ever since. Come on. Ever since 
ever since the movie industry has been run by men, yes, we have been watching everything through the male gaze. Yeah, so you cannot it's blame, not blame peeping, peeping Tom, Tom for that. Uh, Come on, uh, 1962. Check it out. I, I just don't know that a lot of people know about, know about it. it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's my final one. Um, I I'm gonna. I mean, this is a little bit more well known, but I think a lot of people um sleep on it and it's it is a sleeper and it's also a british film and it is called full circle it's known as full circle here in the united states but it's called the the haunting of julia fuck yeah dude with mia farrow she did that 10 years after she did rosemary's baby and again it's one of the things i love it's like haunted house um but it has what it does with um um music yeah. And uh, just kind of like a ghost without a ghost being there. Right. You know, uh, the seance section. So that, good. So, so good. Which then I believe that it directly influences the changeling. Right. Which then essentially establishes every, every like, seance. seance from then yeah. from then on. So, I mean, the music in Haunting from Julia is gorgeous. Mia Farrow is doing some fucking amazing work. Yeah. And there's um, this like weird, I'm mean, cause I had never watched it. You told me about it and then we reviewed it. Check out our, uh, haunting Julia review mm-hmm. from, I don't know, like a year ago or yeah. something. Um, so I had never seen it. I loved it. Like that shit at the playground. There's just like some weird, creepy stuff where yeah. you're like, hold on. What? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. It's it. I think it still remains my most favorite ever final shot of a movie. <laughs> Yeah. going into credits the way they time. and it pissed so many people off yeah. and i'm like what that's the best ending it's beautiful and she's sort of at like the height of her powers yeah. right yeah. yeah um cool all right so we got a bunch we'll do some more questions next week if you have them again send it to us uh if you're listening on various things i don't know subscribe yeah so we can grow and so we can grow stop and working real jobs exactly we just want to do this for the rest yeah. of our lives uh i can't wait to talk about men i'm I excited to see wait it for you to see it just so I, the people the, know i got a text that literally said you will either love or hate this i did i was i mean i was like you mike federico are either gonna love it or are gonna hate it and um honestly that's I, way I, better than being in the middle <laughs> i can't i cannot stop thinking about it the whole i was you know coming home from work today knowing that we were going to record this and i kept thinking oh we're going to do she will we're going to do she will but i could only think of men and i was like wait that's not the movie that's not the movie we're doing um so yeah i can't wait for you to see it so we can talk about it cool all right we'll talk about that next week all right see y'all later bye. thanks for joining us bye <laughs>